This is a post-Christian podcast. We are the sacred collective. All are respected. All are heard. All are welcomed. Join us. Welcome to the Sacred Collective, everyone. Um, this week's episode is going to be a little bit shorter, a little bit to the point. Um, I'm going to read uh, a parable, not from the Bible, but a parable from the book The Orthodox Heretic and Other Impossible Tales by none other than Peter Rollins. And this is a book of parables that Peter Rollins has written this book came out about 10 years ago, but it's probably one of my favorite books by him and probably one of the books I go to um, on my bookshelf more than any other one. And this uh, this book and this parable that I'm going to read uh, has really given me food, to th- food for thought over the years, and I hope you uh, enjoy this as much as I have enjoyed this. And like I said, this is from... Peter Rollins, so I hope you joy. This parable is called The Agnostic Who Became an Atheist. There there was once a world-renowned philosopher who, from an early age, set himself the task of proving once and for all the non-existence of God. Of course, such a task was immense, for the various arguments for and against the existence of God had done battle over the ages without either being able to claim victory. He was, however, a genius without equal, and he possessed a singular vision that drove him to work each day and long into every night in order to understand the intricacies of every debate, every discussion, and every significant work on the subject. The philosopher's project began to earn him respect among his fellow professors when, as a young man, he published the first volume of what would turn out to be a finely honed, painstakingly researched, encyclopedic masterpiece on the subject of God. The first volume of this work argued persuasively that the various ideas of God that had been expressed throughout antiquity were philosophically incoherent and logically flawed. As each new volume appeared, he offered time and time again devastating critiques of the theological ideas that had been propagated through different periods of history. In his early 40s, he completed the last volume, which brought him up to the present day. However, the completion of this work did not satisfy him. He still had not found a convincing argument that would demonstrate once and for all the non-existence of God. For all he had shown was that all the notions of God to that time had been problematic. So he spent another 16 years researching arguments and interrogating them with a highly nuanced logical analysis. But by now he was in his late 50s and had slowly begun to despair of ever completing this life project. Then, Late one evening, while he was locked away in his study, bent wearily over his old oak desk, surrounded by a vast sea of books, he felt a deep stillness descend upon the room. As he sat there motionless, everything around him seemed to radiate an inexpressible light and warmth. 
Then, deep in his heart, he heard the voice of God address him. Dear friend, the task you have set before yourself is a futile one. I have watched all these years as you poured your being into this endless task. Yet you fail to understand that your project can be brought to completion only with my help. Your dedication and single-mindedness have not gone unnoticed, and they have won my respect. As a result, I will tell you a sacred secret meant only for a few. Dear friend, I do not exist. Then, all of a sudden, everything appeared as it was before, and the philosopher was left sitting at his desk with a deep smile breaking across his face. He put his pen away and left his study, never to return. Instead, in gratitude to God for helping him complete his lifelong project, he dedicated his remaining years to serving the poor. And what Peter Rollins does at the end of every one of these parables is he writes a commentary of what this parable is supposed to mean. So I'm going to read uh, what he wrote as the commentary for this parable that I just read you. The word theism refers to the belief in God, while atheism refers to the rejection of this belief. However, just as belief in God is always the belief in a certain concept of God, so is the rejection of God is always the rejection of one or more concepts of that God. In the same way that one can ask a theist, what God do you believe in? So one can ask an atheist, what God do you not believe in? Traditional atheism is always regional in nature, for it limits itself to attacking some particular conception or conceptions of God. Concrete expressions of atheism are regional, not only because there are so many conceptions of God in existence today, but also because there are an infinite number of possible conceptions that yet that have yet to be dreamed of. While the one form of atheism may question one form of theism, it will not necessarily have anything to say concerning a different form. Therefore, atheism at its best is always provisional, meaning that it is always limited to a particular expression of belief. Because of this, the philosopher in the above story struggled to find an atheism that would be able to reject all possible conceptions of God. Only when God showed up was the philosopher finally able to attain truly universal atheism, one that could reject in advance any conceptual description of God. The reason for this lies in the idea that God utterly transcends all concepts and thus cannot be approached as an object at all. It is common for those who argue for and against the existence of God to assume that the word God is used by believers to refer to something that we can point toward, distance ourselves from, and dispassionately reflect upon. However, one can reject this idea of God as nothing but a form of idolatry that is opposed to the biblical expression of God. This approach questions any expression that would reduce God to the realm of objects. Here, no theistic rendering of God is allowed to lay claim to God, 
for God dwells above and beyond all names. God is rather approached as the ineffable source that it is received but never conceived. God is thus not approached as an object, but rather encountered as an absolute subject who transforms our relationship with all objects. Just as the light in the room cannot be seen, but rather allows us to see, so God is not directly experienced, but rather is the name we give to a whole new way of experiencing. Is this not how we are to approach the idea of being born again? One does not experience birth. Rather, birth is what opens us up to the world of experience. Hence, religious experience is not really experience as much as such, but the opening into a different way of experiencing. Because every description of God testified to in the Judeo-Christian tradition falls short, the encounter with this God is the very event that opens up a universal atheism. In other words, only an atheism that proclaims no concept of God, theism, can do justice to the reality of God. In this way, all concepts of God are now rejected in advance. Religious believers can therefore affirm atheism in the most radical sense because they refuse to let any conception of God take the place of God. The thoughtful believer is not questioning or denying the value or importance of positive descriptions, but simply refusing to let those provisional, fractured descriptions take on the guise of absolute authority. For what gives birth to the believer stands before all descriptions and remains free from them. Thus, a philosophically coherent atheism can be described as a profoundly Judeo-Christian position, for it is a position that refuses to let any description colonize the source that we call God, a source that stands outside the temporal duration and spatial location. Once we understand this, we can stop arguing about God, and like the philosopher in the above story, dedicate our lives to being the manifestation of God. And that is my favorite parable from the Orthodox heretic. Please, please, to all of you sacred collective listeners, uh, ruminate on this. I know it was heavy, very philosophical. Um, I would recommend picking up this book, The Orthodox Heretic and Other Impossible Tales. Uh, it's fantastic if you like that one. There's, these are chocked full of so, so, so many other ones. And we hope you enjoy this, um, and we hope all of you out there in your part of the world are doing well, staying safe, and we'll see you next time, Sacred Collective family. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to our episode. Your support means the world to us. If you'd like to further support us, head over to our merch shop. We have shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets, and more. All you have to do is go to thesacredcollective.threadless.com. That's thesacredcollective.threadless, T-H-R-E-A-D-L-E-S-S.com. If you want to find out how to score some free merch, 
please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. For as little as $5 a month, you can have access to some great discussions with fellow listeners and free merch, while allowing us to put out great conversations. Just head over to patreon.com slash sacredmn. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash sacredmn to check out what contribution best fits you as well as the incentives we offer. If you haven't yet, don't forget to click subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. That was a post-Christian podcast.